good morning, everyone. Or buenos dias for all my mission, fellow mission team members that are going to Mexico. Buenos dias. So if, if you haven't met me, my name is John. I am the senior... <coughs> Okay, what was I saying? Oh yeah, I am the senior. <coughs> I am the senior who normally sits over there. <laughs> I am I am not going to to use the P word that is reserved for Pastor Rich and his predecessor. Um So some of you may be wondering why does this guy have a chair up here? So there's a line in How many have seen The Chosen, the series? Well, there's a line in one of the episodes that Jesus says, get used to different. Yeah. That may be our new motto around here. Yeah. So I'm going to just sit today. Um, so a lot, of folks, a lot of folks don't really know what Memorial Day is. I can hear. So uh, I'll tell you just a little bit of history. Uh, Memorial Day was started in 1866 to recognize the over 600,000 men that died in the Civil War. Uh, back then it was called Decorations Day, and it was always the 30th of May. And later, it was 1971, it became a federal holiday, and it was moved to the fourth Monday in May. Okay. So today we celebrate Memorial Day by recognizing service members who died defending our country, going all the way back to the Revolutionary War. Um, so on a happier note, <laughs> you get to hear me today. So <laughs> I, I don't know why I said that. Um, so, um, so I shared this uh, this morning when we were um, praying before service. Uh, this morning I was praying, and um, and I realized that this week I have been praying kind of wrong, the wrong, the wrong thing, and uh, I realized that I had been all my prayers this week had been about me, Lord, help me. This coming Sunday when I talk, help me to say the right thing, help me, 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 instead of him, and so. Uh, so I changed my prayer this morning, and then I, um, and then I took my. Uh, I have a little um, box of, of Bible verses that I that I made up. Anyway, so I pulled out the next one in line, and this is what it said: Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God, or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. That's Galatians 1.10. So that was confirmation. Hey, it's not about me. Um, naturally, I don't want to fall off the chair or throw my notes on the floor. But it's not about me. It's, it's about you hearing the word of God. That's the important thing. And that's what I want to try to remember. So unless this is your first time here or listening online, um, you know that Rich 
and his family are moving to Redding, California. Redding, California, really rich? It's like 150 degrees in Redding, California, but uh, God would definitely have to call me to go to Redding, California, because I, I probably wouldn't go on my own. So um, anyway, Rich, just to let you on a little insight information, a little scoop, uh, Rich offered me his job. He said the church would double my salary if I would take it. Well, I'm not the sharpest guy in the room, but um, it didn't quite sound right, so I'm still trying to figure that out. That's a joke, by the way. <laughs> okay. Um, so Rich and Becky are away. I think they're in Mexico. I, in fact, I know they're in Mexico. Uh, celebrating their 25th wedding anniversary. Yeah. So Rich and Becky, um, I know you will be listening to this service sometime. And um, not sure when, but I want to give everyone here in the room an opportunity to wish you a happy anniversary. So on three, can we all say happy anniversary to Rich and Becky? One, two, three. Happy anniversary, Rich. That's so good. Yeah, so good. Uh, when Rich asked me to speak, actually, he used the word preach, but I don't, I don't use that word lightly, uh, so I, I'm just going to speak. Uh, he gave me a list of suggested topics that goes along with our theme for his series, uh, Better Than You Could Ever Imagine. And uh, so I chose his care is better than you could ever imagine. I didn't realize there are so many references in the Bible. There is so much information about his care. It's, it's almost kind of over, overwhelming to try to figure out what to talk on. Um, so I had to really limit or check closely to figure out what to talk on so I could keep my... Um, sermon down to at least two hours. <laughs> so, so I hope you don't mind if I use a lot of scripture. Uh, if you do, there's an old song by the Eagles called Get Over It. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. So God's care is one of those things that is easy to take for granted and not even think about. But when things are rough and times are uncertain, it's easy to question whether God really does truly care for us. However, as Christians, we are reminded all through the Bible that God's love and care for us is immeasurable and never stops. So where do I begin? From providing for our physical needs to forgiving our sins and protecting us from harm, God's care for us is evident in every aspect of our lives. Probably the strongest reminder of how much God cares for us is his willingness to forgive our sins. The Bible says, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, as far as he has removed our transgressions, so far he has he removed our transgressions from us. So as far as I know, the east and west can never meet. That's just a symbolic portrait 
of God's forgiveness for us. When he forgives our sins, he separates it from us so that it can never come back to condemn us. God forgives and forgets. God forgives us totally and repeatedly. Thank God for that because I think we all sin repeatedly. Not because he has to, but because he loves us. We cannot talk about forgiveness of sins without talking about eternal life. One of the most precious gifts that God offers us is the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. This gift is not something that we can earn or even deserve. It is a gift given freely by God's grace. Here's what it says in the book of Ephesians. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that anyone can boast. This is a reminder that we must accept and believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior in order to receive this gift of eternal life. Paul tells us this is a gift. A gift is something someone gives. Um, he wouldn't give us the opportunity of eternal life with, if he didn't want us to spend eternity with us. That's not my phone, because <laughs> I left it at home. Okay. Um, I purposely left it at home, because, I, okay, anyway. Um, there are a few words in the Bible that I have trouble grasping. Um, one of the words, I'll tell you, is the word beginning. Um, in Genesis 1-1 and John 1-1, they both begin with the words, in the beginning. Um, what does that mean? I don't, I don't understand. I thought always a beginning. How can a beginning have a beginning? Anyway, that's just me. But another word that I have trouble understanding is eternity. I believe in eternity. I just don't understand it. I'm programmed to think everything has an end, except eternity just keeps going. Many years ago, I figured out that if I'm in the right place, like heaven, um, that eternity will be incredible. I also figured out that I don't want to be in the wrong place in eternity. Faith in Jesus Christ is the only way to attain eternal life with God. As Jesus himself said in John 14:6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When Jesus was on earth, he spoke to his listeners so that they could relate to him most of the time. His disciples sometimes had problems. Um, he talked a lot about farming uh, because a lot of people knew how to farm. He talked about different types of soil, wheat, grain, chaff. He talked um, a lot about the Jewish laws that the Jews knew all too well. And by the way, there was 613 of them that they were supposed to follow. He also talked a lot about shepherds and sheep. Now, most of us have probably never been sheep. I mean, shepherds, we're not sheep. <laughs> it's not about me. So most of us have probably never been shepherds, and we probably haven't even owned sheep. Maybe some of you have owned sheep. 
Um, so that one, that one, that one threw me. Okay. <laughs> so the Bible speaks so much about shepherds, and Jesus claims in the Book of John to be the good shepherd, who truly cares for his sheep so much that he lays down his life for them. The Gospel of John explains a lot about what a good shepherd is. If you are interested, you should go home. You should read the chapter 10 of the book of John. It tells about a shepherd so much better than I could ever tell it. But here's a couple verses from it. It says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I will give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I am the Father, and I and the Father are one. Just like a shepherd protects his sheep from external threats, Jesus protects his people from external harm. As believers, we can expect to suffer on earth. Satan, however, cannot harm our souls or take away our eternal life with God. During biblical times, family in the families in the Middle East relied a lot upon sheep to provide for food, wool, and sheepskins. Because sheep were so valuable, shepherds would stay with the flock to protect them day and night. At night, the shepherd would gather all the sheep together in one area and make some type of enclosure with whatever he had on hand. And at the front of this enclosure would be a gate. Well, it's said that the shepherds would lay down in this gate to protect his sheep. Um, usually the youngest boy in the family served as a shepherd until he was older and stronger could do a more manual labor. He carried, he carried several things with him. Uh, one was a rod, which was a stick, usually, with some type of knob on the end. Sometimes they had nails stuck in the, in the end, and that was used to protect his sheep. He carried a staff with a hook on the end to guide the sheep around. And like David, they carried a sling and some stones. They had a lot of time to practice out there, and so they got pretty good at hitting their targets with this, this sling. Listen to what David said in one of the most familiar chapters in the Bible, the 23rd Psalms. Everybody knows this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So when we picture valleys, we usually picture beautiful lush green valley in Hawaii or maybe the valley up where Acme is located right here in our county. So I've ridden on uh, Highway 9 many times through that valley um, from Mount Baker Highway to Cedar Woolley on my motorcycle and I have never never been threatened, never felt uh, scared. And uh, Acme Diner is a great place to stop and have breakfast if you 
going that way. Um, it's just a beautiful, relaxing ride. But not all valleys are like this. Some valleys are fraught with dangers on all sides. They have steep cliffs where one misstep could lead to death or injury. And they have wild animals lurking for a, an easy meal, sometimes a raging river in the bottom of the valley. So David goes on to say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So what a beautiful picture of how our shepherd, the good shepherd, cares for us. Just as shepherds guarded their sheep and cared for them day and night, so does God care for us. Even when life gets difficult, God protects us, guides us, and never leaves us. We can trust that God is the perfect shepherd for us. So how does God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, which are all one, care for us? I'm going to try to answer that question and some more. I'm going to try and tell you that God cares for us is more than we could ever imagine. Rich, are you listening? That sounds like a good title for a sermon series. <laughs> um, so you might be asking yourself, uh, does God really care about me? Yes, he does. Do you know when, you, when he first started caring for you? Was it when you were born? Was it when you became a Christian? No, the answer is not, that's not when. The Bible says, you have been with me from birth, from my mother's womb, you cared for me. No wonder I am always praising you. And there's more. There's a whole lot more. Listen to this. This is an amazing part of Scripture. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in other seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Good, good verse. Verses. So God's love for you began before you were born. It continues throughout your life and extends through eternity. Since he created you to have a relationship with him, he cares about every detail of your life. He knows all your troubles and hurts, and he takes care of them 
of you during them. That doesn't mean he will take away all your troubles and that and hurts, but he promises to be with you in everything. His way is perfect. So how does God show his care for us? God is always close to us, ready to help in our time of need. God's presence surrounds us, protecting us from Satan's attacks far more than we realize. God sends opportunities our way to make our life fuller and satisfying. He also sends blessings in our way in a variety of forms. He promises, promises to take our worries and cares upon himself. And he offers us eternal life in heaven, away from all hurt, pain, and sin. That is God who is fulfilling his promise to care for you and me. Look what the Bible says. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today, gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you? You have so little faith. All we have to do is look at our lives and we see how much God cares for us. And it's not only God, because God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are all one, like I mentioned earlier. All three persons of the Trinity cares for us deeply. Another way God cares for us is that God is always with us. One of the most comforting aspects of God's care for us is his constant presence in our lives. So I get to or I want to share with you one of my favorite Bible verses. It's found in Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So the word dismayed, it means discouraged or disappointed. Wow, that's, that's such a great promise. Um, another great verse that I actually I just ran across a few weeks ago is found in Isaiah 46, 4. Um, here's what it says. I think it will become one of your favorite verses, too, if you don't already know it. Even to gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you, and I will carry you. I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. It's such a great promise, even if you don't have gray hairs like I do. Matthew 28.20 tells us that God's promise is to be with us always, even to the end of the age. Now, I don't know when the end of the age is, but I know God promises to be with us. This verse serves as a reminder that we can trust in God to always be with us and that he will never leave us alone. I think the words always and never are adverbs. I, I know I didn't do too good in English. I'm not sure, but I know they jump out at me off the page when I read them. He will always be with us and he never leaves us. So I want to share something with you that not many people outside of my family know, and even a lot of my closest family members may have forgotten about this because it's, um, well, you're, you're here. Um, 
years ago, like a lot of you, like a lot of you, I struggled with depression. I know what it's like to be in a dark place and you just want people to leave you alone. Even those you, even though you, those you love the most, like my wife Darlene, thank God that Darlene, that she wouldn't leave me alone. She talked me into seeing a doctor who put me on some medication. Well, the medication worked so well that a couple of times I went off of it without telling Darlene. I thought I was over the depression. One time Darlene and I went to Harrison Hot Springs up just across the border in Canada for one of our anniversaries. I had made the choice to go off the medication about a week before we went and I didn't tell anyone uh, that was a bad decision. We have always loved staying at the old hotel in Harrison Hot Springs. The hot pools are so relaxing. But that weekend, I didn't take my medication. That was one time that neither of us enjoyed our stay at this beautiful place, and it was all my fault. Now, you probably know me as a quiet, calm, easygoing person. Uh, that weekend, I was not that person. Part of the hotel package that we always bought was this incredible brunch served in this upstairs room overlooking Harrison Lake. It made the brunch at Bob's Burger and Brew look like a picnic. It was really nice. Well, on the morning that we were supposed to go to this brunch, we went up to this beautiful room and we found out for some reason the brunch had been canceled. Darlene told me, uh, it's okay, we can go to the little town near the hotel and get a nice breakfast, um, but that wasn't good enough for me. She actually said that I stomped around uh, like a, I picture like a spoiled child because I didn't get my way. We ended up coming home early that weekend and I still feel bad for ruining that time that was supposed to be a celebration. I had another bad experience in Hawaii one time. Um, I decided to go off my medication without telling anyone well, that time I um, backed our rental car into a post in the parking garage and I left my bag on the airport shuttle. Just wasn't myself. So even in those dark days, I knew God was with me. I just didn't want to talk to him. He never left me or even forgot about me. God was always there. So as it turns out, I have some type of chemical imbalance and I need those pills. In fact, I still take one every day. They work so well that once in a while I tell Darlene that I could probably go off of them again. <laughs> she quickly reminds me that that is not a good idea. <laughs> she says things like, remember when? I say, oh, so I still take them every day. And they work, they work so good. So real-life examples of how you and I have felt God's presence in our lives, even in the darkest of times, illustrate the depths of God's love and care for us. These examples remind us that we can trust in God to always be with us and that he is always there to support us, guide us, and comfort us. Here's another way God shows how he cares for us. 
Excuse me, just a second. One of the most valuable aspects of God's care for us is his willingness to hear and respond to our prayers. God has promised to listen to us when we call out to him and act on our behalf. The Bible tells us, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I would do it. I've always wondered about that verse, you know. Anything? This promise seems to give us the right to ask for anything and everything we want. And Jesus is obligated to give it to us. But is that really what he's saying? In the 14th chapter of John, Jesus is telling his disciples of the soon coming crucifixion. He knew that would leave his followers scared and confused. So Jesus provided them with comfort and assurance regarding a number of things, including how they could carry on his work. Part of this comfort was a promise that Jesus would hear and answer their prayers. Jesus tells them that they, if they ask anything in my name, it would be granted to them. Now, Jesus is not promising to be a personal vending machine. Rather, he is encouraging confidence and faithfulness in prayer. When he says to pray in my name, he means that we can pray in his authority. He has provided the access we need to heaven. When our request made in the name of his son further God's purposes and kingdom, God will act on our behalf. And in the end, the Father will be glorified in the Son. In the old American West, before the days of credit cards, a shopkeeper would maintain a ledger, a book, recording the activities of each customer's account and the amount owed. The business owner knew his customers well and the work in which they were involved. A customer at times would send others to shop for him to make purchases and bring back materials needed for his home or business. They sent in customers' name, they sent in the customer's name like his children or his foreman and be, they would be able to receive the goods in the name of the account owner. But if they tried to purchase things not in line with what the shopkeeper knew the customer needed or wanted, the purchase would be denied. Coming to God in Jesus' name is similar to those old financial transactions. Jesus holds the account, and we are welcome to come to the Father in Jesus' name to receive what we need. The Father willingly grants our request because of his Jesus' standing. Of course, if we are asking for things that we don't need or that are contrary to the character of God's will, then we cannot expect to receive those things. Prayer is one of the most powerful tools that we have as believers. And it's a reminder that we are never alone and how much God cares for us. Another important aspect of God cares for us is his willingness to give us wisdom and understanding. God's wisdom 
is not limited to certain situations or circumstances. If to, it's a gift that is available to us at all times. So a few weeks ago, Rich announced that he and his family were moving to Redding, California. At the end of the service, some of you may remember this, the, the council came up here on stage and Joel read from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I thought those verses were perfect after the message we had just heard from Rich. Let's read them again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. I'm sure Rich and Becky don't understand everything because God hasn't told him everything yet. But I know they are trusting in the Lord with all their hearts and submitting to him. It's going to be exciting to see what paths God leads them down. And we are part of their lives and their journey as we support them in prayer. There are so many ways God cares for us that I can't possibly tell you all about them this morning. It would take more than two hours to be truthful. God's care for us is more than we could ever imagine. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. So I haven't told you, I haven't told you all these things just so you know how God cares for us. Um, but I've told them to you so that you would put them in your hearts and your mind. You will thank God regularly for how much he cares for you and that you will use Jesus' example of how he cares for us to care for others around us. Care is a word that should carry a powerful action motivated by emotions. Emotions like compassion, mercy, and love. When these three emotions are present in a person towards another who is in need, he would not be content to just sit by and stare and do nothing. Caring is not pity or empathy. Usually pity does not result in an outward action. Care on the other hand, moves beyond emotional and turns it into physical, visible activity. Jesus gives us the ultimate example when it comes to caring. He did not just say he loves us, but he showed it through healing the sick, doing miracles, and dying on the cross. Do you want to follow Christ? Well, you have to care for others, just like Jesus cares for us. So the last song that the worship team sang is one of my favorite old songs. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. I used to, I sang that for years and years, and uh, I didn't know they were going to sing it, but it's a, it's a great old song. So, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, my mind cannot begin to understand how much you care for me. I am only one of billions of people on this earth, and yet you want me to spend eternity with you. 
you said, I am a co-heir with Christ, and I will share Christ's inheritance. I don't even know what that means. Father, help us to remember that we need to care for others like you care for us. We were not put on this earth just to enjoy your care and love. You created us to share you with others. One way we do that is loving and caring for others. Help us to be more Christ-like. Father, thank you for the way you love and care for all of us. We love you, and someday we will bow down in front of you and tell you in person. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for this the right people that came this morning to hear these hear your words. It's all about you. Thank you, Father.